Welcome to the Sing Better Fast podcast, the podcast exclusively for serious and passionate vocalists. You are now part of a professional group of smart and motivated singers who want to become masters of the voice and inspire millions with our music. Get all of our podcast episodes, notifications for upcoming events, new podcast releases, and other vocal resources at singbetterfast.com. Now here are your hosts, Jamie Vendera and Ben Valen. Hey singers, Ben Valen here. In today's podcast episode, we have a special interview with Jamie Vendera and Dr. Joe Vitale about their new book, Mind Over Music. Joe Vitale is an author, coach, speaker, and singer-songwriter who was featured in the hit movie, The Secret. He jokes that he has written more books than he can list on the back of his business card, and that's definitely true. Some of his books include The Attractor Factor, Zero Limits, The Seven Lost Secrets of Success, Life's Missing Instruction Manual, Anything is Possible, and The Key. He has released 15 music albums so far, and he has been interviewed on Larry King Live and has appeared on CBS, NBC, Fox, and other media networks, and has thousands of students all over the world. Jamie Vendera is also an author. He's a vocal coach and a singer-songwriter who has shattered glass with his voice on Dr. Oz, Ripley's Believe It or Not, National Geographic, Superhuman Showdown, and on international television shows in Japan, Germany, France. Jamie has also written more books than he can list on the back of his business card, including Raise Your Voice, Raise Your Voice 2, The Advanced Manual, Reclaim Your Voice, The Ultimate Vocal Workout Diary, Unleash Your Creative Mindset. Jamie has appeared on CBS, NBC, ABC, and other networks. Jamie has also taught vocal workshops internationally all over the world. Now let's jump over to the recording of the interview. Unfortunately, a small portion of the audio was unretrievable, but we're able to hear most of the interview. The first question I asked Joe was, what are one or two key principles that you teach that you think would be most helpful for singers? We'll be able to pick up the interview from there deleting them so they're no longer in your way. The fact that I can write so many books and say I'm the author of more books than I can list on the back of my business card is because when an idea comes to me, I honor the idea and I start drafting the book and before you know it, it's done. And that comes because I got rid of the limiting thoughts, the fears and concerns. So those are the first two things. I'd say state an intention. What do you want? And then pay attention to the fears, but dismantle them as they come up so you can create your intention. That is incredible. That's incredible. Thank you for that. Uh, so actually, I have a s- same question for Jamie. Jamie, what are one or two main principles? I know you're a coach. I know you work with a lot of singers, not necessarily about vocal technique or health necessarily, but what would you say are some principles that you would use to teach students who are aspiring to music and uh, aspiring to become singers? Well, that's really what I learned from Joe. I mean, this, this really, really started way, way, way back, even before the movie The Secret came out. Uh, when it did come out, my vocal coach, Jim Gillette, said, you got to watch this movie. And I'm watching it, and I see Joe, and I'm like, wait a minute. I got many of this guy's books. He's inspired me. Uh, when I was younger, I was told I was a bass, and you couldn't sing high. And um, you know what? I, I could have cried about it, you know, listened to my first vocal coach and said, oh, no, I, I'm stuck. I'm physically manifest on my bass. And I thought, no, I'm going to show you. I want to prove it to you. Yeah, you know what? You're only in competition with yourself. If, if you're something that you want – you can get it if you put your mind to it. And it's not just thinking about it. You really got to put your heart, mind, and soul into it and go for it. And I learned a lot of that from Joe. So for me, if anybody says, well, even like this book, this challenge that Joe challenged me with, turned it around on me, uh, I could have said, I can't do it. 
if you challenge me, I'm going to do it. Don't let anybody tell you that you cannot do anything. Set your mind to it and, and attack it like it's like there's no tomorrow. So for me, it's it's the hard work, the drivenness and the belief. You know, you have to believe in it. Like as Joe said, fears will come up. Uh, you may get bored. You may have doubts. Those doubts. Look at them a year down the line. You're going to be like, huh, I, can't, I can't believe I was so scared because of this. Same thing with the glass shattering thing. I almost didn't do the show. Because the fear inside of me said I can't do it. But you know what? In that instantaneous moment on the phone with Jim, I said, absolutely, I'll do this TV show in your, in your place and in your honor. So, uh, you know, you have to have the drive. You got to believe that you can do it. And you got to overcome those fears. So I just copied Joe. <laughs> Could have just said ditto. Yeah. <laughs> he would have saved us some time. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So um, I know you'd mentioned this in the book. So, Joe, I'd actually like you to answer this one. Um, what what led to the creation of the book Mind Over Music? I relish telling this story. Awesome. Because I still remember the Facebook message I got from Jamie saying, he's so excited. He said, the universe told me that you need to write this book called Mind Over Music. You need to write it for musicians. And the universe said that it can be about mind power. It can be about the law of attraction. It can be about all the things that you teach, but apply to musicians. And it was very complimentary, very professional, very excited. And I looked at it and I thought, it is a great idea. But the universe told him. The universe didn't tell me. And so I have this concept of monkeys where people are trying to give a monkey to somebody else because they don't want to care for the monkey. And so I saw that Jamie was giving me a monkey. And I said, I don't want this monkey. This is your monkey. So I gave, I gave the monkey back to him. And I said, you know, the universe told you about this book. I think you should write it. And then, and this is the most beautiful thing of all, because I have said similar things to other people. It's like, that's your idea. Go do it. But they don't do it. Jamie accepted the challenge, which I, I'm smiling so big. I mean, I'm like the sun right here. I'm so bright in happiness to consider that this guy accepted the challenge. And he said, okay, I'll do it. And son of a gun, if he didn't do it, he did it very quickly. He started showing me, me the material, which again, I didn't know what I was going to see. And I, it was breathtaking. It was positive. It was uh, high energy. It was practical. It had the tools. It had the inspiration. It had the information. And I went, oh, my God, this guy, you're, he's doing better than I would have done all by myself. <laughs> so he took the he took the monkey back and he raised the monkey into a full grown gorilla now. And we're <laughs> releasing the gorilla to the world. King Kong. I know. But it all came from him. Okay. Yeah, but it really came from you because so what he what he's not telling you is uh you know we became friends many years ago and like I said he was an inspiration and it kind of blew my mind when I had this order come in from Joe Vitale and I'm like this can't be and so I emailed him this six seven years ago and he's like yep it, it's me uh, I really like your books and so we made that connection so Joe um. He and I'll let you get into it, Joe. Uh, he, he was never he loved music, but he was never really a musician until he was telling me it's like 2010. He's like, you know, I have done all this other stuff. What haven't I done? I haven't been a musician. And when I seen what he had done um, over the course of the last eight years, the albums he's released, it blew my mind because I have so many students and they're like, oh, you know, uh, 
if I could just uh, have a few extra dollars for another guitar, I'd get in the studio or oh, if I, if I could just take a vocal lesson or if I, if I had a band, there's always an excuse as to why they're not playing out or why they're not recording it. Here is a man who just one day said, you know what? Enough is enough. This is what I want to do. I'm going to learn guitar. I'm going to learn to sing. I'm going to write my own music. And I want to put out a record. And I want to pass it off to Joe because I want you to tell everybody how it happened in 2010 and what happened in the course of three months to 12 months uh, for you in music. Wow. Uh, wow, where do I begin? Well, first of all, thank you for that. Um, I was acknowledging him, and he's, he's so kind and humble. He turns it back to me, and now the focus is back on me when I was putting the spotlight <laughs> on him. So uh, I'll go ahead and pick that up. So it was on my bucket list to be a musician. I had no musical experience, didn't even sing in the shower, didn't sing behind the wheel of the car, uh, actually had inferiority feelings about being a musician and being a singer or being a songwriter, any of that. But it was on my secret desire list. It was on my bucket list. And as I said at the beginning of this call, one of the first things you want to do is state your intention. So I stated an intention. I want to be a musician. I want to learn how to write music record music, play the guitar, go in the studio, and actually make an album. No idea how to do that, but I figured, well, that would be my intention. And then, as I said at the beginning, the second thing that happened was the fears. Who am I to do this? I have no back background. I mean, I played a little accordion when I was a kid because I told my dad, I want to learn how to play the guitar. So he listened to me and went and bought an accordion. It's like, oh, <laughs> close no, enough. That's, <laughs> yeah, they're close. And so my interest and the lack of support wasn't there for most of my life. As I turned close to 60 years old, I said, I want to do this. But then I'm looking at, well, I'm all, almost 60. How do you learn how to sing? How do you learn how to write music? How do you learn any of this? I had to wrestle all of those fears because, and here's what I want people to know, I could have let them stop me. I could have said, yep, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too fat, I'm too thin, I'm too bald, I'm too hairy, I don't know, any number of things here. But it could have been a, an excuse, and nobody ever would have said anything, nobody ever would have reprimanded me, nobody ever would have said a word. But I would have known in my heart, one of those deathbed things, when you got there and you look back and go, what did you regret? I would have regretted that. So I learned how to uh, dismantle those beliefs one by one. I remember taking a songwriting workshop with Ray Wiley Hubbard and Kevin Welch, uh, local Americana kind of guys in Texas, pretty well known. And Ray Wiley Hubbard said he still had doubts that showed up when he pursued some of his musical interests. But he said he learned to ask a question. And it's a question I ask today, and it's a question I'm going to pass to everybody. And that question is, where's the proof? Where's the proof you can't learn to sing? Where's the proof you can't learn to write music? Where's the proof you can't go in the studio? Where's the proof you can't learn the guitar? Maybe you haven't done it yet, but there's no proof that you can't learn it. And with that single question, I was able to always just dismiss the doubts and say, of course I can learn this. And then the next thing for me, of course, is most people overlook all the free resources we have. And I'm thinking of things like the library. I'm a book junkie. I'm a book freak. I'm a book addict. So I always go to books as the first level of information for me, and which is how I found Jamie. I did an Amazon search on the vocal material. His books come up. I just buy them all. So I do all of this to bring into my world the resources I need. And then, I, of course, and I think we all need this, I bring into my world the people who can support me. I believe that we want to cherish and protect our dreams. So I don't go and tell everybody, hey, I'm going to be a singer. I'm going to go and record my first album because a lot of those people will not support me. 
A lot of those people will rain on my parade. A lot of those people will be critical. I only want to share my dreams, and this is advice to everybody listening, to the people who can help me achieve them. So I'm very protected. Well, as it turned out, years ago, I had done a publicity stunt for one of my books, and there was a local band who had um, performed there as a favor to me. And then they recircled like six years later, and the lead singer from that band wanted to have lunch from me, with me. We sat down, and he started telling me that one of his dreams was to open a studio and to take first-time musicians, hold their hands, and help them create their first album. And I'm sitting there going, no, this can't be. <laughs> Is <it> this easy? <laughs> and I believe on, on a metaphysical level, I do believe it is that easy. You state your intention and the universe kind of moves us around like chess pieces. And suddenly a guy from six years ago needs to meet me for lunch to tell me what his dream is. And his dream is a match to my dream. And so, of course, we line up. And now I'm hiring him to, to help me create my first album and to go with the lead that Jamie gave me there just a second ago. The original plan was I was to create my first album in 12 months. We'd give myself one entire year. I'd go into the studio. I'd have lessons with him. I'd do homework every day. I'd read my books. I'd practice all of this kind of stuff. And I thought a year, that's a stretch. It's tight for a first time guy, but it's doable. Well, <laughs> got even more intense because a magazine publisher in Austin, Texas contacted me and said, I want to put you on the cover of the magazine. And I said, well, okay, cool. For what? He said, whatever you want. I'm like, wow, a blank check. I can be on the cover for anything. And then I thought, well, maybe this can be my debut as a musician. And I said, well, I'm going to be making an album later this year. I said, could you put me on the cover with my album and it'll be my debut. It'll be my promotion. And you can be telling the world you have an exclusive. He said, yeah, but I want to put you on in three months. <laughs> and I said, oh, wait a minute, three months. I'm supposed to do this album in, in a year. Well, I accept challenges, just like we know Jamie does. And I went to my producer and I said, hey, you know that year-long program I hired you to do and to make an album in 12 months? Can we reduce it to three months? And I still remember <laughs> him gasping for air, <laughs> his throat, you know, lodging his swallow as he's trying to fathom what this is. But he's also hanging around me. And at this point in my life, I don't know that anything's impossible. I even wrote a book called Anything is Possible because I, I don't know that we have any limits. I think they're all projections from our mind. And if we wrestle with them, we find out we really can do and have and be anything. So um, my producer, Daniel Barrett, he ended up going, you know what? Yes, we can do it in three months. It's got to take a little bit more intensity, but we can do it in three months. And by God, we did. We got the album done in three months. I went on the cover with that album. I had a feature story in there with that album. And that album called Blue Healer is still one of my favorites. I mean, I'm like a father who has 15 kids. I have 15 albums, and they're all my favorite. But that was the first, you know, Blue Healer. But it came from us challenging fears, setting intentions, uh, being willing to do what other people would have thought was impossible, and to do an album, one album, instead of 12 months and three months, is historic, if not miraculous. And then for me to do 15 albums in whatever number of years, five to eight years, I know professional musicians in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that don't have that. I mean, it is, and I'm not bragging, all I'm saying is, 
You dismantle your fears. You drop your excuses. You take action. You rally your resources. You keep moving forward. And yes, you can be a performing musician. That's the whole point of the book. That's the whole point of this book that we've done together with him doing almost all the work in it is giving you the information and that rush of enthusiasm to say, look, you can do this. Others have done this. I happen to be one of them. All right. That's excellent. You just covered so many points. And I, I, as you as you were talking, I was writing down notes of other questions I want to ask, but then you answered them before I asked them. So, oh, <laughs> OK, so this it reminds me of something. Uh, I believe it was Brian Tracy. Uh, he said, take the if off the table and just ask how. So when it yeah. comes, you know, to singing, to writing music, you can just, is it possible? Like, am I going to be able to do this? That's not a good question. How do I do this? All right. So that's awesome. Thank you for that. And then also you mentioned books. And I know you're also an author and uh, your books are also excellent. So I want to encourage anyone who's not really an avid reader yet that you certainly should be because a book takes decades of experience from highly skilled professionals uh, in their fields and it gives you just a single, you know, a few hundred pages and it's like uh, 10 bucks and you get de the decades of knowledge uh, from these people. And so if you're not a reader of Joe's or of Jamie's, I invite you to uh, do those. Jamie, did you want to, I have more questions, but Jamie, do you have anything to say? No, no, no. Uh, dive right in. Okay, perfect. So um, one thing for Joe then whenever you talk about stating intentions, overcoming fears, I'm sure your programs uh, cover this. I'm sure your books cover this. But could you just give us a, a quick um, teaser, I guess? Why do you think it is that people allow themselves to get paralyzed by fear and instead of running towards their yeah. desires, they instead run away from them or they hide them and they try to hide them from themselves and then take them you know, to their deathbed and regret it later. Why do you think people take that route instead of the route of pursuing their passion? It's a great question, but it's an easy answer. And the easy answer is it's safe. It's safe to stay where you're at. There's many people that will come to me for coaching or go into my coaching program, and they'll often say, I don't know what I want. And I have a tough love approach. I'll look at them and go, look, you're lying. You know what you want. You just don't want to admit it because as soon as you admit it, you either now have to make excuses for why you're not going for it or you have to actually go for it. So most people, even though they'll bitch and complain about where they're at, find a degree of comfort there that is more soothing than stepping out. And what I have found is that the juice of life is when you step out. And yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean it's bad. That doesn't mean it's scary. That doesn't mean it's dangerous. It just means you haven't done it before. And that discomfort is actually an exciting adrenaline rush. It's almost like, you know, stepping onto a roller coaster and one of those big scary ones when you're about to go on, you know, like there's a rush going through your body. But it doesn't mean don't do it. It just means this is going to be fun at a level you haven't experienced before. It's a little bit like that. So I find that most people play it safe. And that to me is a kind of walking dead. It's a, a waking, your eyes are open and you're going through the, the motions, but a part of you isn't alive. And I think we all wanna keep stretching. I'm still stretching. I'm still going for things I never did before. I still have goals. I still have intentions. I still have mountains I wanna climb. And I've always told people, look, whenever you're going after something you've never gone before, you will feel scared. You will, because it's different. It's out of your comfort zone. I have friends who are climbing Mount Everest, another giant 
you know, un, unimaginable structures. And if I decided I was going to do it, I guarantee you I would be afraid. But I also know I'd find my resources, I'd find my support, I'd read the books, I'd go into training, I'd do whatever was needed, and I would feel the discomfort as I went for my dream. So most people want to play it safe. I can't blame them, but I just want to encourage them that, you know, the fire of life, the juice, the enthusiasm is on the other side of that. You know, the, the fear that you talk about, I, I experience it in everything, even uh, every time I do a show or a performance, it's that stage fright. I even get stage fright before writing a book. But it, it, for me, I feel like if you don't have that, I don't even know if you're passionate, you know, yes. because you're really, it's, for me, I'm thinking about it. like, even when writing this book, I had such a hard time in the beginning because Joe and I were like, okay, I'm trying to write it to leave room because I was like, okay, what would Joe write here? And I finally got, I got, I was like, I know I was like getting worried. Joe was probably wondering why I'm not getting this book finished. And that was maybe in January. So then I, I texted him. I said, Joe, I'm just going to, I'm going to write it as me and we'll figure it out. And then I flew through it. That, I, I, that fear turned into that adrenaline rush. Four days, I just pounded out that book. And, uh, and really, Joe says he didn't really help write it. Because I remember you said, well, what am I going to write now? <laughs> this is brilliant. But you did write it. Uh, our, our conversations, the, the interview we did, it was talking about where's the proof, mm -hmm. dealing with your fears, facing your fears. All of that is in this book. So it was all uh, and clearing. It was all based upon that, that fact. So even though I'm typing, uh, you know, a lot of it, it doesn't, it, you were right there with me. It, it was really a 50-50 a joint venture. That's how it came out. And uh, it's just another fear that, that fueled me and got me through the process. All right. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that. So actually, um, I know we want to wrap it up here soon here. So I just want to ask uh, each of you. So let's start with Jamie. Um, what's one, Jamie, what's one thing you learned from Joe that's been very impactful? And I know we've already covered some. Um, and then also, Joe, what's, what's something you learned from Jamie? It could be anything. Well, uh, even before The Secret, I, and forgive me, Joe, because you had so many books out. I, I read three or four of his books before, and I was trying to write Raise Your Voice. He was actually, you were actually an inspiration. That's one thing you don't know, even before we wow. met, even before The Secret came out. Because uh, I was all freaked out thinking, back when they didn't have Kindle and really have PDF ebooks, how am I going to create my website? How am I going to create the cover? And I'm buying all these old ebook-o-matic, uh, make-your-own-HTML books. And it was just so overwhelming. And then uh, reading one of your books, and it, it was, um, I forget how you word it, it was having a group of people around you like your mentors and, mm -hmm. and, and outsourcing. And that's when I, I, I let go and quit trying to control everything and realize, hey, let me reach out to the people that I can trust. And I did. Then I found a website designer who ended up being my, one of my cover designers, you know, someone to help me uh, edit the book. And that's when uh, all the fear and all the pressure came off of me. And that's when Raise Your Voice came together. So if anything, he's inspired me uh, to quit being so anal, <laughs> you know, quit being so con control-like and realize it, it, takes, it takes a village to raise a child. And so it took a village to write Raise Your Voice and to help me become successful and, and branch out like that. So, yes, uh, you've been a big part of my life for quite some time. So. I'm just uh, giddy. I'm giddy that we're that we did a book together. <laughs> I'm excited about it. I can't wait to get, for the world to see it. And I want to tell all my musician friends and everybody else and my list and all that. Uh, well, thank you for that. That touches me. I didn't know the behind the scenes story. So the behind the scenes story that you don't know is your book was one of the ones, the, the very book you were just talking about, that I carried under my armpit as I went into the studio to help me with my singing because 
the singing was the hardest thing for me, the hardest thing for me. Part of it is I managed to, my band is the Band of Legends. My drummer has the same name as me. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's Joe Walsh's drummer, Neil Young's, all of this. My uh, my lead guitarist, my producer, Daniel Barrett, co-author of The Remembering Process with me. He's the lead singer for Porter Davis. My bass player, Glenn Fukunaga, is with the Dixie Chicks. He travels with Robert Plant. These guys are the cream of the crop. These guys are the legends. And here I am, a newbie, going into the studio, and they're trusting me. So my insecurity was the strongest and deepest around singing. So your book, and especially the breathing methods, helped me the most. But that's only the first level, because I made 10 albums before I was ever confident enough to face my fear and to sing on stage with my band of legends. I kept delaying that, thinking, well, I've managed to do the albums. Nobody has to know I haven't been on stage <laughs> as a singer-songwriter. But it was my very own band who kind of shamed me into it, going, we want to perform with you. We want to watch your back. And so that took, it's, it's, a, it's really an example of living everything we've been talking about, setting the intention of going on stage, playing live, facing the fears, and there was a lot of them. I spent two months going through intense internal work for me to face that fear. I may have been on, on stage in front of tens of thousands of people, but not as a singer-songwriter, which is completely different. And so I, again, took your book and your teachings and you as a role model and, and infused that into me. And I did it and got a standing ovation. And my band is ready for me to do it again on an even bigger level. So you've influenced me. And, and the third way would be in how joyously you accepted the challenge of writing this book and how humbly you still included me. Because when it was all said and done, I said, you know, put your name on the book. You really wrote it. But you included me because you said my inspiration was there and my, my touch was there. Plus, of course, we put a lot of my blog posts that are concerning mm -hmm. me creating music in the book. So there is a lot of my writing in there. But you could have walked away. You could have just owned it. And you said, no, th this is a joint venture. This is a co-authorship. And I, I am so touched by that. I am so touched. You are one in a million. You are gold. You're priceless. And I'm privileged to know you. So thank I'm you. I'm privileged to know you, too. Uh, like I said, the, the book, that book has been on my mind for years with you. And um, I don't know. Back in December, it just really it dug deep. <laughs> you know? And I figured I it, was, it, was, it was time. So <laughs> <laughs> It's real now. It's real. Excellent. Okay. Oh, man, I love these stories. And I have so many things I want to say and ask, but I'll, I, I want you guys to do most of the talking. We're here to listen to you two. So a um, couple other things, uh, questions as we wrap up. Um, feel free to just touch on them briefly um, if you like. So the first one is, what is support? And not in the singing technique sense, but in the sense that you're describing it, Joe. What is support? Why is it important? You mentioned people, but what other types of support are there? How important is it? And then also, how important is talent? Are you asking me first? Yes, yes Joe. Okay. I'm going to give brief answers because I'm aware of time and I'm going to have to scoot here in yep. a minute. Okay. But the first one, I think support is priceless because we tend to be a product of our environment. Mm 
So whatever is around us is influencing us. And for most people, they have family and friends and maybe coworkers if they have a job that are that is not supporting them to go for their dreams. That's just why I say keep your dreams close to your vest. But find people who can support you. And maybe that's a music group. Maybe it's a vocal group. Maybe it's a Facebook group. Maybe it's a mastermind you have to create yourself. I wrote a book called Meet and Grow Rich on how to put a mastermind together, which is a collection of five, six, eight people that support each other. It's a Napoleon Hill concept from Thinking Grow Rich. I also think having psychological support, meaning read the positive books, listen to the positive messages, be aware of what you're putting into your brain, the movies you're watching, the TV you're watching. I always tell people, turn off the mainstream news. Unless you are directly involved in it in some way, shape, or form, get the hell out of that. It's called programming for a reason. It's programming you to be in fear. That's not going to support you in your dreams. So I tell people to be have discernment, be very sensitive to what is going into your mind, what's going into your mouth, your air, everything, what you're eating, what you're drinking. But all of that is in the ballpark of support. So people support, material support, the, the, the music even you're listening to, you want all of it to encourage you, to uplift you, to motivate you, to lead you in the direction of fulfilling your dreams in music or anywhere else. All right. Oh, Actually, you said what about uh, talent? Uh, yeah, yeah, so the other. What about talent? Um, what about talent? Um, that's an interesting question. I don't really care about talent. I have seen so much with music, especially in the beginning when I started thinking, well, what kind of musician am I? Who do I sound like? And I thought about Leonard Cohen at times and Neil Diamond at times. But then I'm fans of all kind of crazy music, and some people would hate that music. And some you'll find people who absolutely hate things that are in billboard charts, you know, and rock and roll and variety and everything else. So I don't know who judges talent. <laughs> I think I'm more interested in enthusiasm, passion, and authenticity. Enthusiasm, passion, and authenticity, because those are fiery. And most people can't turn away from fire. No, I totally agree. T totally agree. Uh, talent is, uh, I hate to say it, it's overrated. I mean, talent is subjective. It's, it's about art. We're all creative beings. So, you know, what what I might consider creative, somebody else would not. That's why we have all these different genres and why some people would like our music and some people wouldn't. So just be yourself, you know, have fun doing what you do. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you, gentlemen. This was awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, Joe, if people want to find out more about you, could you tell us uh, a website or a Facebook page? Any of that information? Uh, well, I'm all over the Internet. I mean, the uh, I guess the portal site for me is just... Uh, JoeVitale.com or MrFire.com, www.mrfire.com, MrFire.com. And pack a lunch because there's a lot there, been online for decades. So <laughs> yeah, see you online. Go get our book. Yeah. Go get it. Definitely go check out the book uh, Mind Over Music. Also, if you're not familiar with them, Joe and Jamie have written a bunch of excellent books. You are putting yourself as a, at a disadvantage by not reading those. So I encourage you to go do that. They have lots of great material. Thank you, gentlemen, for this interview. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up. So uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Sing Better Fast podcast. I hope you found this interview as enlightening and, and empowering as I did. If you enjoyed this interview, you'll, you will definitely enjoy the new book, Mind Over Music. Go to Amazon and search for Mind Over Music or Jamie Vendera to find it. If you get the book, just send an email to jamie at jamievendera.com and Jamie will send you two more books, two digital books, 
can I really sing higher? 40 of your most pressing questions answered. And can I really sing with a cold? 40 more of your most pressing questions answered. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sing Better Fast podcast. Be sure to subscribe for new podcast releases, events, and other great vocal resources at singbetterfast.com.